Welcome to Indie Cider, where we go beyond the game and meet the developers behind today's indie hits. Hey, it's Ken Gaggy, and welcome to Indie Cider. It's a good time to be an indie gamer. This past weekend, I attended the third annual Boston Festival of Indie Games, or Boston Fig, held at MIT in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Hundreds of games, both digital and tabletop, were on display, and there were tons of talks being given about the nature and purpose of gaming, journalism, indie development, and more. In addition to getting my hands on many games that are going to be coming out in the coming year and which will be featured on IndieCider, I attended a great talk by Chris Barnaby about social value in gaming, a talk with Nicole Tompkins-Hughes and Jenna Hofstein, among others, regarding making games for kids, one by Maddie Myers and how to pitch your indie game to a journalist, and another talk by Kara Stone, all the way down to Boston from Toronto, about using games to improve one's mental health. Look for more of these topics on IndieCider, as well as my other podcast, Polygamer, which you can find at polygamer.net. In the meantime, let's get into this week's game, which is Rex Rocket, a 2D platformer adventure game in the genre commonly known as Metroidvania, a combination of the words Metroid and Castlevania, the two games that exemplified the genre. It is a 2D game where you're given free reign of an environment. In Rex Rocket's case, it's a spaceship, and you are able to explore areas based on what items or abilities you have collected, which open up new areas. So, for example, you might defeat a boss, which gives you a key, which allows you to backtrack to a previous area and unlock a door that was previously inaccessible, thus opening up an entire new area of the ship. This game is currently available for PC on Steam, and it's coming to Mac, Mobile, Ouya, and other platforms. I played the Mac version, which technically isn't out yet. It was provided to me by the developer, Castle Pixel, whose artist reached out to me via YouTube and said, Hey, I saw that you did a Let's Play of Shovel Knight, and I thought you might like my game as well. Here is a free download. As far as I could tell, it didn't support a joystick, unlike Breaker's Yard, which I reviewed in a previous episode of IndieCider. So I had a little bit of trouble, because there are a lot of different functions or commands that the main character can use while he's exploring as he acquires new weapons and new abilities like double jumps or secondary weapons. But overall it's a pretty cool game with an 8-bit pixel art style. It also has a very wry and dry sense of humor which I'm noticing is a common theme among the various IndieCider games I've been playing such as the Nightmare Cooperative or Max Gentleman. You might think I was drawn to this kind of game or something. But let's see if the artist behind the game has a similar sense of humor and chat with him about Rex Rocket. Today I have the pleasure of speaking with Castle Pixel's co-founder, Rob Maher. Hello, Rob. Hey, Ken. Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you for being had. So this is Castle Pixel's first game, is that correct? Our first big game. We've done smaller releases uh, in the past, but yeah, this is like the our first major project. So, yeah. The first, the first product under that label, Castle Pixel? Uh no, we we actually put out like a small iPhone game like you know a couple months ago. But yeah, this this is this is our first big project. So excellent. So how did you get into this? What is Castle Pixel's background? How did it get founded? Well, let's see. I, I met up with Tyler. Uh, Tyler is the programmer, uh, and um, I met up with him on some internet you know boards, and uh, we started Rex Rocket as you know kind of like a little side project, and it just kind of grew into something more and uh, you know then we ran the Kickstarter and then we formed Castle Pixel, the company shortly after that and uh, yeah that's kind of how we got to where we are today so you are in Pix- Pittsburgh and Tyler is in Toronto is that correct correct yeah have you two met in person before 
Yeah, you know, I, w- I went up there uh, for Toronto's. They have a, a like a gaming and comics festival once a year, um, and there's a there's a place up there that runs like a, you know like a little indie game festival inside of like the bigger festival uh, called the Bit Bazaar. And um, I went up there. I met him then. I also we also went to like the indie mega booth out in uh, uh, San Francisco. Or wait. Yeah, well, GDC, yeah, GDC San Francisco uh, a couple months ago. But yeah, that's the only times I've actually met him in person. So what sort of collaborative tools do you need to work with someone who's geographically removed? Biggest tool would probably be Skype. Being able to, like, share screens with someone and talk to them, you know, it's pretty invaluable, especially the screen sharing. Uh, Screen sharing Skype, Dropbox is also another major component of it. Uh, We're really small teams so we we just use dropbox instead of like github you mentioned kickstarter i see that you were looking for six thousand you got ten thousand which is great uh but shovel knight which was recently published by yacht club games that developer published a list of the amount of money it takes to make an indie game and they feel that they actually underestimated their needs with three hundred thousand dollars so what can you do with ten thousand dollars to make an indie game uh let's see uh with ten grand um I was at the time whenever we uh, originally ran the Kickstarter. I've been working a uh, full a uh, full time job, you know. So Rex was still a part time job, and I was you know making extra money on the side doing freelancing. Um, so ten grand really it, it allowed me to stop looking for freelance projects and focus like exclusively on Rex Rocket. Uh, it also helped us pay for like the indie mega booth that we went to for GDC and PAX East. Um, it's helped us with buying, you know, a- any kind of hardware we needed, like controllers, um, stuff like that. E- even like a iPad um, for testing Rex out on. Well, there's a lot you can do with ten thousand uh, bucks. A little bit on marketing, stuff like that. But you know, we're uh, we're like basically a two man team uh, at, when it comes to development. You know, there's like myself and Tyler, so it's. We didn't have a, you know, I guess overhead as Yacht Club Games did. I mean, their team's like significantly larger than ours. So, but yeah, you know, ten thousand bucks. It's not. It's definitely not three hundred thousand. But you can still do a heck of a lot with it. You mentioned a small amount of that money is for marketing. You are one of the few indie developers who has approached me via YouTube, which is surprising to me because there was a great Gamma Sutra article just last month about how to get YouTubers to play your indie games, and you're one of the few people who's actually followed that advice. How is that approach working out for you? Oh, uh, really great. We've we've gotten uh, you know there's a large number of YouTube out there uh, YouTubers that are. You know, playing Rex, and I, I think it really helped. I, I just, you know, I, I looked up Let's Plays for, like, Shovel Knight and um, all sorts of different kind of retro games that are in the same genre of Rex. And, yeah, you know, I just sent each one of them an a individual message telling them about the game. And um, I think it was a really great way to uh, get the word out to the YouTuber community. And, I th- yeah, I think it's worked out really well for yeah, I saw one YouTube Let's Player named Blitz did a complete Let's Play of your game. It took him about two and a half hours? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blitz, uh, he was one of the first to do an uh, entire Let's Play. But yeah, it's it's really going well with them. I've actually uh, been reaching out to like uh, the speedrunning communities lately because there, there's a number of uh, speedrunning people that are, are really loving the heck out of Rex. So um, 
but yeah, you know, just reaching out to all these like individual communities of people. Um, it's something I, I've kind of been spearheading ever since we released. So this game came out on August 5th on Steam for the PC. Was it very difficult to get onto Steam? Yeah, you know, it wasn't uh, a huge deal. We ran, uh, you know, the Steam Greenlight process. Uh, it got voted in, and um, yeah, you know, it, it was really nice, uh, to, you know, flow to get the game uh, onto Steam from Greenlight. Like the the people over at Valve are extra helpful, and um, but yeah, you know, it it was a lot of work. It was a lot of work getting there. So. So it released originally for the PC. You were kind enough to give me an early, early access to the Mac version, which is what I've been playing. And I've seen a couple of different strategies for approaching these multi-platform releases. Some people will, will do the PC and Mac version first and then mobile version later. Other people will do it the other way around. Other people will just do everything all at once. So what is your approach to deciding which platforms to come out for and when? The first one was obviously PC, and we just did that because we knew we could do that the quickest. We could get it up onto the Steam platform. Following that, it was it's really, I guess it would be about, and this would probably be more of a question for Tyler, the programmer, but the framework that we use to develop the game allows us to port it to, to the other platforms. So I think porting it from PC to Mac is is relatively easy uh, when compared to porting it from you know pc to like a mobile device uh but the, the framework that we used it does allow us to do this so the mac build should be out like geez like within a week probably and the ios build should be out within a month so after the ios build we're going to be taking it to android as well for like android fire tvs and uh, android tablets so oh yeah as well so a lot of a lot of platforms on the roadmap coming up did you see any advantage to delaying any of those releases to make them simultaneous, like waiting until the Mac version was ready before releasing the PC version? No, we wanted to do that, but uh, really getting the PC version up there. And again, we only have you know Tyler, who's who's like the main programmer. Um, he he only has so much bandwidth, you know. So getting one stable version of Rex Rocket up uh, for the PC version was was more than enough work for him. And I, I don't really think he had the bandwidth to take on a Mac version as well. It would have been nice to release simultaneously, but, you know, I, I, I don't think we're we're going to lose out too much by getting the Mac version up there. Uh, and, and, you know, we're probably going to be running a sale too to promote the Mac build. So hopefully it works out. So this game is inspired by the likes of Mario, Mega Man, and Metroid. Based on that ancestry, I suspect that you and I are roughly the same age, early to mid-30s. <laughs> Yep, I'm uh, turning 30 next month. So all these games that are hearkening back to our youth, are we all just trying to recapture the games that we grew up with? Yeah, I, th- I think so. At least for me, you know. Uh, I-, I have a, you know, a big soft spot for nostalgic things. So kind of making this game is kind of like reclaiming, uh, you know, the video games of my, my youth. So, but yeah, you know, I-, I try to, you know, update the visuals and the gameplay and kind of take it a notch up. So. It's more of how I remember my my classic retro games in my mind, you know. It's 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 brought, you know, new life to them basically. I don't remember the games we grew up with having quite this style of sense of humor though. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's just one of the many things that kind of brings it into modern times, I guess. Now, the, all the main characters, the humans, they're not shaped or looking like humans. They're more like Lego characters or the serve bots from Mega Man. Yeah, totally. That's just my art style. You know, I grew up on Legos as well. So 
the the character proportions in Blossom Tales are more of a a two head ratio. The Legos are are like probably three head, close to three head ratio. Um, but yeah, a lot of people. I think it's the uh, the color of the skin, the the golden color, that kind of sets them sets them into more of like the Lego realm. That and the eyeballs too. It's very Lego-y, but yeah, you know, Simpsons, Legos, it's a big influence on me. So kind of shows. Yeah, and and there seems to be quite the trend toward making more Metroidvania games nowadays. I think. Uh, Shadow Complex, which came out a couple of years ago for the Xbox 360, was one of my recent favorites in that genre. And uh, Rex Rocket is, seems to be a lot of fun with a lot of different weapons and areas to explore. I think you said over a hundred different levels in the spaceship. Yeah, it's close to uh, close to 150. Wow. The Kickstarter ran in May of 2013. So you've been working on this for about a year and a half. Yep, yep, about a year. I mean, we put a couple months of maybe like two months, three months of development into it before we ran the Kickstarter. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's it took us about a year and a half, right? Do you see the game as it's been released as being complete, or is there going to be uh, expansion packs, DLCs, more levels, more playable characters like Shovel Knight is doing? Uh, yeah, definitely. I, I think the first thing we're going to be doing is adding in uh, casual mode. For the game, uh, at some point in the future, probably after we get like the iOS release out the door, uh, the iOS release, uh, I'm tailoring it to be a much more casual experience. So there's like no live system in the iOS. Um, the bosses are easier. There's less uh, enemies, stuff like that. Um, so it's kind of getting uh, turned into more of a casual game for ios and we're probably going to take those elements and put it into a alternate mode for like the desktop versions likewise will the ios version have a hardcore mode yeah definitely definitely we're, I mean, we'll have uh you know original rex rocket and uh vanilla you know the casual rex rocket now this game in addition to the graphics and uh levels that we've discussed also has 37 tracks of music from an artist named saskrotch is that correct yeah, yeah, uh, Nigel Shields. He's uh, he's fantastic. He really, really killed it with the Rex Rocket soundtrack. How did you get hooked up with him? Um, you know, I've always been a big fan of chip tunes. Um, so whenever it came to making like uh, the soundtrack, I went to uh, a website chipmusic.org and I posted on the forums. You know, with a nice uh, little about the game and. Um, Nigel was one of the people who responded, and uh, there was actually a lot of really amazing artists that that uh, responded. But when I went with Nigel, his music was like uh, more Mega Man than anyone else's, really. So he he's done like covers of all the old Mega Man games, and like he he's just a very talented artist. So um, we were we were really you know ecstatic that he decided to, that he wanted to work with us. And you can buy the soundtrack separately for $8 on Bandcamp, I understand. Right, yeah. Yeah, if you do Google Sasquatch Bandcamp, it'll come up. There's also a link to it on the bottom of the Steam uh, Steam page. Who, who are some of your other favorite chiptune artists? Uh, let's see. I'm a big fan of Saber Pulse, Little Scale. Who else? Who, Henry Homesweet, I guess, is on there. Um, and then, you know, a lot of the, the composers for like Mega Man and Zelda and a lot of those old school games. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm a big chiptunes fan. Like, uh, before, before I had made the post on chipmusic.org, I had, I had been listening to like blip festivals, which are kind of like these big chiptune festivals that they, 
they have. I don't think they still do them anymore, but I'd actually heard Sasquatch in those. So when, when he hit me up, you know, I was like, oh, I know this guy. I know Sasquatch. So that was very cool. I think the Blipfest ended three or four years ago. There was a documentary about one of the early ones called Reformat the Planet by Two Player Productions. And more recently, there was a documentary that just came out in the past year called Europe in 8-Bits. It's ostensibly all about the chiptune scene in Europe, but it actually covers more of a global scene as well. If you haven't seen that one, I'd definitely recommend it. Oh, cool. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. The Reformat the Planet documentary, it's kind of dated by now because it's about a festival that no longer exists, and it's one of two-player productions' earlier works. They've since gone on to do much better stuff like about Minecraft and Double Fine, but and I don't even think it's available anymore in hard copy, and they haven't done a digital release, but they're working on it. But Europe in 8-Bits is brand new. You can get it on Vimeo for like 3 bucks. Very cool. Very cool. So Rex Rocket is out. It seems to be doing pretty well, and you've already set your sights on your next game, which you mentioned is called Blossom Tales. Right, yeah. Yeah, Blossom Tales, uh, The Sleeping King. It's about, uh, you know, a young uh, girl who, uh, the story starts with her getting uh, initiated into the Knights of the Rose in the Blossom Kingdom. And then it, from there, it kind of goes into a classic story of uh, the king getting ca- cursed to sleep. And then it's up to this, you know, little knight to go around and collect the ingredients to make a potion and, and break the spell. Will this also be a Metroidvania? Uh, yeah, you know, it'll have a lot of a lot of um, elements from a Metroidvania, but it's going to be uh, more akin to to an uh, action RPG, like a Zelda-like. Oh, excellent. We can always use more Zelda games in the world. Yeah, def- yeah definitely. So, uh, yeah, it, it should be very cool. We're going to be running a Kickstarter for it probably by uh, next week. So. Oh, great. Maybe by the time this video airs, it'll be up, and if it is, just send me a link and I'll put it in the show notes. Oh, awesome. Okay. Yeah, definitely. And what is the ETA for Blossom Tales? When can I get my hands on that one? Uh, you know what? If it gets funded, uh, will probably take us maybe like a year, year and a half to make it. Um, same as Rex Rocket. But if it doesn't get funded, we're, we're probably still going to make it, but putting it out in episodic releases. You know, we'll probably do like the first, like the start of the game and give it a starting and ending segments and re- do some restructuring. But, um, yeah, you know, either way, it's probably still going to happen. Excellent. Great. Well, thanks so much for your time, sir. It's been a blast playing Rex Rocket. I look forward to seeing more of the later levels. Uh, I mean, the sense of humor has really caught me right off the bat. You know, there are so many other games that are, oh, 2D platformers inspired by our youth. You know, and what sets this one apart? And <laughs> I loved the scene at the very beginning where the creatures bust out of their containment tubes and I eradicate them because that's what the game expects me to do and one of the characters says oh well your way was certainly murder i mean faster (laughs) like oh i've never really thought that i was supposed to feel bad about this but now i'm in this existential quarry of (laughs) mario jumping on all these turtles these poor turtles (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah so thank you for not making it just fun but also fun and you know thought-provoking and philosophical and existential Cool, yeah. I'm glad you're enjoying it. <laughs> I am. Great. Thank you very much. Yep, and thanks for having me. This has been Indie Cider, a GameBits production. Find more episodes, read our blog, or send feedback at IndieCider.net. Indie